Hello and welcome to episode four of this AFL Life. I'm Alison Smirnoff and I'm joined by Julia Kiera. How are you going? I'm good, Al. <laughs> it's been a really big weekend. <laughs> nah, just kidding. I'm great. <laughs> it's uh, it's a bit like that. I'm I'm actually I've hit a bit of a flat spot because I was at a peak all weekend and I uh, I've just had an emotional crash today. But um, what a weekend of women's footy! Can you even believe it? It still feels like a dream, doesn't it? The only reason I know that it happened is because I've watched each game at least three times since. <laughs> I know, and I've been buying both papers every day. I never do that. I know. Both of them. <laughs> Even the tabloid. Yeah, look, I, I don't know what to say, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's go back to, to Friday night. Icon Park, Carlton v Collingwood, packed house. Uh, it was a lockout. It's been well documented. Yeah, look, it was a weird sensation. I did find myself... At some point, going, I f-ing told you so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not had that sensation at any point during this whole AFLW process of the I told you so. Like, if you just give us a shot, it's going to be good. But suddenly sitting there and with the, you know, the sound coming from the crowd and the excitement coming from the crowd and whenever, you know, something fantastic would happen, you felt like the roof was going to lift off if Princess Park had a roof. Yeah. And... In my mind, I was like, yes, we've been saying this this whole time. Yes, yeah. You like this. You just didn't know it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if I can just talk a little bit about what it felt like to, you know, arrive to the stadium, you know, walking down Royal Parade. I got there quite early. I got there an hour early and I was walking behind throngs of people, Mm. um, families, lots of little girls and boys with their Carlton jumpers on and then got into the ground I ran into Daisy on the way in and I just said to her, I'm going to cry. <laughs> She's like, I've got to go to work. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I sat up in the stand quite high up and when Collingwood first came out and then they rang the bell, mm. the Carlton bell, and I just cried. I sobbed and the person I was sitting with who's also, you know, been in women's footy for a long time, sobbed as well. Um, and as they rang out, it was a very strange feeling like of finally being seen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, I um everyone knows I'm a Carlton supporter. My mum started taking me there when I was about three years old to Princess Park and it was just an amazing overwhelming feeling to be going back there to watch footy again but in a whole new way and for the crowd to be so behind it and you know and groups of men screaming Dossie V you know when she went near the ball like it's it's um like you said we knew it all along and now Mm. everyone else is is catching on yeah and it's funny how people have taken you know it took one night to convince them it was obviously a great spectacle it was a really nice night great weather unlike some of the other games of the weekend that probably impacted the style of play but yeah whenever co-host Darcy she was famous here first guys yeah um <laughs> you can listen to her on our whole first season yeah that's right um but you know every time Darcy would come near the ball and uh, the crowd would inhale and mm. get on their feet and and I was getting goosebumps because I just thought she's just a girl from Wangaratta who likes puns like <laughs> You're all, you know, and there were I, also as a Carlton supporter, it was like we've missed Eddie Betts so oh, much. Oh, I know, yeah. and it's like he's back, but he's, he's a hundred times better. <laughs> yeah, and he has a top knot. <laughs> he's got a top knot. 
And he's half Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and half Italian, which is and a very uh, important uh, Carlton connection. Yes, they keep going on about how she's got a good Carlton name. Um, but we, we've spoken about Darcy before um, off air. And before the season started, we were quite excited to see her in action. Because at Darabin, she shares a, a forward line with Katie Brennan. And whenever she's played in the exhibition series, she's shared a forward line with Katie Brennan and Mo Hope. Hmm. So now she's... Um, now she's got her own forward line to control and she did. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we're really smart, Al. Mm, I think we've watched a bit of women's footy. <laughs> but yeah, we did talk about that and it it kind of came to pass that um she doesn't need much. She needs an inch. Mm. Um and she'll do something special with it. No we're not talking you up too much, Darcy, sorry. Well, I don't know whether we're going to be able to get her on the show again. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's right. <laughs> but but to the actual game, what what did what did you make of what did you make of the game? Well, again, I I feel like some of the points we've made previously came out. Well, Sarah Darcy, who we spoke about last week, I thought was Collingwood's best player. Yeah, easily. Um, they looked mm-hmm. most dangerous when the ball was near her. The aggressive grittiness of the Carlton midfield, I felt really stood out against. The Collingwood midfield, which doesn't quite have that same grit. They've got a lot of very skillful midfielders, but they don't have that same kind of in and under thing in in on mass like Carlton does. Like I'm just looking at some of the people like Katie Loins, who's been a guest on this show. Like we saw her throw a body around. Mm. Audley, she had a great game. Bree Davy, who was arguably yeah. joint yeah. best on ground. Yeah. Hosking, Lucas Rod, Brazil. Yeah. Loz Arnell has added that whole other element to her game of being really aggressive in there. And then Downey in the ruck, I saw throwing her weight around yeah, as well. So yeah. they just had this real – they just beat them up. Yeah. Not, not in – you know, I hope that's heard in the way I mean it. Yeah. Um, so that they just wore them down with that aggress- that aggression so that when they finally got the possession, they could get it out quickly and yeah. get a goal. Mm. So, yeah, I think they've made a mark. We'll yeah. see. And it seems like they're all playing that way because even Nat Exxon, she was laying tackles on rucks, you know, yeah, yeah. twice her size and bringing yeah. them down. Like I think it's it looks like it's been a real focus to be to put body pressure on. And, and yeah. like you said, Katie Lyons, I mean, she's she's a human battering ram, yeah. really. Like yeah. she was just relentless all night. Yeah, and Hosking as well. Like mm. you saw her just – Opening bounce. Yeah, 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 just come through like a tunnel ball. Um, a few times and it was ve- effective, very yeah. effective. You know, Collingwood, I think, will regroup. There were lots of – I've rewatched the game and there were lots of times where they looked so dangerous and then it just didn't quite come off. Mm. You know, when Steph Kiochi got the ball into her hands, you know, the, it looked like they, it was going to turn then and, um, you know, Meg Hutchins did a few really good kicks where yeah. you're like, oh, if they can just get in the ball the ball into her hands, she's so clean um, by foot. Yeah. And there was one um, – there was one especially where she got the ball like in one pocket and ran across goal and then kicked it to the other wing. Yeah, it was a magnificent it kick. It was a magnificent mm. kick. And I'm like, oh, I've seen you do that kick like a hundred mm. times for the Devils. That is your bread and butter. That is what she's best at. And then the whole other side of the ground opened up. It's when the skills don't come off, you know, it's like Mark doesn't land. Mm. You know, you've gone from being so dangerous and then the next, you know, second you're, you're in another contest again. So I think Collingwood have a lot to take out of the game. Yeah. I think they'll regroup. They're going to play Melbourne who are coming off a loss. So, Which, yeah, I mean, we'll get to their, their game later, but that um, that game all of a sudden becomes really important because you don't want to be, yeah. um, you know, zipping too. Yeah. And the other thing is the, the Mo factor, like, 
you know, Mo had a quiet night. Um, she was well held. She didn't have many opportunities. But I do think that you can might be able to hear the Darabin Falcons training outside. <laughs> <laughs> but Collingwood is not short on forwards. No, they're you not. You know, they've got Mo, but they've got Jazz Gardner, Garner, mm. who um, kicked the first goal and took a few good marks. She's a very talented player. They've got Jess Cameron, who can kick a bag, and they've got Sarah Darcy, who can kick a bag. Really, they could use Mo just as a distraction, a yeah. decoy. Yeah, because absolutely. Because Mo is going to attract more than one um, mm. defender. People will get very, you know, defenders will get very Mo-focused. Um, mm. And they could so easily free up those three other girls who are really dangerous. Yeah. Um, and then, as we know, once you know, once that happens once or twice, then all the defenders go back to their player players. Mo's there one on one, and she again, she's like Darcy. She doesn't need much. Yeah. She just needs the ball for a second, and she'll do something yeah. with it. So Collingwood have a lot to they've look forward to. Work, yeah, they've got, they've got a lot got to work with. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. Um, well, we uh, had the very good fortune of being in the winning rooms after the game, and uh, we spoke to two former guests in Katie Loins and Loz Arnell. Mm, keeping um, it in the family. Yeah. Um, have a listen. We are in the post-match winning rooms with Katie Loins. How are you feeling? Well, I'm with my favourite too. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. No, but I'm just so proud of our girls. We did so well from start to finish. And I think that we just kept, kept attacking. And, yeah, we really put in everything that we wanted to put into that game. And it really just came out exactly how we would like loved it and dreamt of so it looked like just everything fell into place tonight yeah it did I I just think it was so even all over the ground like girls just stepped up and played their role and I think that was really important for us tonight in the crowd we had goosebumps I shed a tear the the crowd was just pumping like if it had a roof you feel like it would have popped off how that that when that bell rang how were you feeling yeah, to be honest, I, I really just ran out on the ground and tried to soak it in and um, obviously you want to remember that moment and I'm just so thankful to all the people that turned out, both Collingwood and Carlton supporters. It was just amazing and us, both teams are just so thankful for it. I'm sure Collingwood are as well. How, how did you go with the crowd noise? Um, it wasn't too bad. After, the, I think, the, the first five minutes, I think the girls really settled and you know just played their game and I thought that was really important and played their role. And what about personally, how was, the, how was the pace of the game for you? Yeah, the pace was really quick and um, I suppose just having to play my role for the team in hard and, you know, blocking and that for the girls and, yeah, so I just focused on that and, yeah, tried well, to do that. You certainly <laughs> did that. <laughs> oh, thanks. That was really nice. But, um, yeah, it was just amazing to be out there with the team and finally get to represent this great, uh, great club. Um, we did see you do some lovely bumps, a few shirts fronts really get in and under there how is your body feeling I don't know I, I don't usually feel it to the next day but um, yeah it's a massive part of my game and if I can do that for the team then that's what I'm going to do week in week out so yeah I absolutely love that physicality so if I can bring that every week I'll be happy <laughs> and hopefully I'm still standing at the end of like the first three rounds <laughs> so what was what I mean it's a night of highlights but probably what was your what was your personal highlight tonight personally I think running out and playing in our first game. I, I think you can't beat that. And then obviously when the siren went, that was lovely as well. But I don't know, it was just from start to finish, it kind of feels like a bit of a blur. But I just remember that running out and looking around at the crowd, running through the banner and seeing our loved ones standing in the Guard of Honour as well was really just a really special moment. 
that was another thing. I mean, that was like a banner, like a legit cheer squad banner that yeah. you ran through. We were really lucky enough that we had the Carlton Cheer Squad do the banner for us. And like I said, we're just so thankful to the club and our supporters that, you know, we, we've, we've just been taken care of so well. And yeah, we're really thankful and a little overwhelmed as well. I'm speechless. I can't even talk. I can't deal with being. I'm going to join you with that. <laughs> I don't know how I'm even putting sentences together right now. I don't know. You're doing very, very well. But like personally, um, how are you feeling with body-wise, the knee injury? You know, how are you feeling after getting that game on your belt? Yeah, it's always good to get um, games after coming back after a long stint. But to be honest, uh, when I have come back from injury, I don't tend to focus on the injuries. And when you're out there and the atmosphere, and then you know the the way that the game just moves so quickly, you don't really have time to think of that. So, um, no, I'm feeling really good, but I'm sure tomorrow I'll, yeah, definitely need to have to continue the recovery in tomorrow as well. So, but no, feeling good. Well, you don't have to go back to school for another couple of days, so. Yeah, I wonder how the kids will respond on Monday. Hopefully, well, now that Carlton got the win, I should be okay. So, yeah, no, it'll be nice to um, have the weekend to really recover and get ready for round two. Awesome. And that's that's the great thing is round two. Yeah, that is the great thing. And I guess we've never really had that before with the exhibition matches. So, yeah, it's all about focusing now and getting together as a group and focusing on round two. Actually, with it being a short season, you know, did you, did you have a lot of emphasis on, on trying to get a win first up? Um, to be honest, we just really just wanted to play our style and our type of game and, you know, everything else will fall into place. And I think that's just really important that you do that. You can't really focus on, I suppose, winning. Like, yeah, I'm guessing all clubs would like to be in the grand final at the end, but we just really don't have any expectations, and we just take week one week at a time. At a time. Now I'm really struggling. No, but you're sounding together. like a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, um, we'll, we'll wrap it up. But thank you so much, Katie. No, well done. Thank you guys. Love your support and go Blues. We're in the uh, winning rooms with Carlton captain Lauren Arnell. How are you feeling? Oh, it's um. It's pretty special, and I I'm just feel quite blessed and grateful to have to be in the position that I'm in right now. And yeah, I'm I'm almost out of words. Loz, I might have jumped out of my seat when um, the other end of the ground you gathered that ball and then kicked it kicked it on your left and then did a few <laughs> finger waves and I just thought, Jesus, you'd be waiting your whole life to do that. How I, was that? I, I got a little bit carried away. Didn't <laughs> oh, I? it was good. It was worth um, it. I mean, we know we're in a position now where it's that was the first time we got to do that for real. Yeah. Um, and I've been watching watching the men do that for a very, very long time. And, um, yeah, it was um, not a moment I was going to let go, that's for sure. No, well, it was beautiful. It just, it was, it was a great goal and worthy of a celebration. I did get a bit carried away. I don't, no, think, no. I don't think I'll do that again. <laughs> are, you, um, are you able to articulate... Um, how it felt actually just leading the team out and the crowd and the ringing of the bell and the national anthem. Yeah, the bell the bell's pretty special. The bell's very special. So when we heard that, you know, it's game on. We rang that bell when we um, we all first got drafted to the club draft night. We rang it. We rang the bell when we got the when we got the license. And yeah, it's just amazing the club support that we've had. And I just wouldn't want to be anywhere else but Carlton right now. And have a look at that crowd. That was. That was just unbelievable. Hands down, biggest crowd you've played in front of? Yeah, I, I mean, um, I'm not sure there's many sport events in Australia, let alone female sporting events in Australia, that have had a crowd like that. And no. Wow, you know, it's um, that was that was a lot of fun. And 
we play footy um, to be with our teammates, but um, that, that was just next level. That gives you a whole other reason to play and, and step up and, and perform. Um, yeah, what a night. It's, um, it's just such, so special, obviously, for Carlton, for the AFL, for women's sport. Um, and I just guess for everybody's friends and family who've, who've contributed to this journey, Collingwood and Carlton. When you did you first start playing? I started, um, obviously I kicked the footy around on the farm with, with a couple of Carlton supporters growing up. Yeah. But um, my first official game of football was when I was 18 years old. Yeah. yeah. Which and was? That was against North, uh, that was for North Ballarat when I was living in Ballarat at, for uni. And then um, the year later I moved to Darabin, um, transferred uni to RMIT and um, haven't looked back since. So it's 12, 12 years into my career and to have that moment out there, um, you know, we know there's... There's a lot of footy left in this competition, but right now we get to enjoy what just happened. Yeah, but can you even believe it? Like, could you, if you think back of that North Ballarat game, like that 12 years later, this is what you'd be doing? JC, we um, we used to be lucky to get four to training. Yeah. Um, North, North Ballarat's not not the warmest place on earth when it comes to footy season in the winter. Um, I can still remember going to Rebel Sport and buying my first pair of footy shorts. They were way too big for me. They don't fit like these. And to, to turn it around and have, have a female uniform that fits me well, to have a whole AFL club and, and the whole of the AFL and so many people around the country supporting what we're trying to do, um, no way. Can I believe it? No, no. And you played in the first one? How lucky am I? Yeah. Um, and my teammates. You're the winning captain of the first one. Yeah, look. And I, I'm sure that, that'll be something, again, I'll look back on. Um, later in life. Um, right now I'm pretty focused on recovery and the game next week on Saturday Arvo against GWS. Um, but that was, um, yeah, I, I wish I could articulate it better than what I have because it's just been incredible and I'm so happy that so many people got to experience that with us. Um, and I, I do actually feel a bit sad for the people that missed out tonight. And now the great thing is, like, this is a season focus now shifts around too. I mean, yeah. it's been a great night tonight, but yeah. you're actually, this is just round one, yeah. two-month affair for you. We're professional footballers now. We get paid to do what we do, and so we'll, um, we'll switch straight into recovery mode. We'll get together as a team, and we'll turn it around into next week, and look forward to that. Yeah. Well, on that note, we'll let you get to recovery. Thanks for meeting with us, Lars. Great to have you both in here tonight. Thank you. You can, you can just hear it in their voices, really, the excitement in the rooms, especially Lars Arnell when she spoke about that 12-year career, you know, led to that moment, mm. kicking a goal, and she really kind of relished in it. It just gives me goosebumps. Yeah, and then the next day, you know, that was the back page of the age, that image of her. You know, I feel like I've waited my whole life to and to get some a few images of strong women and then I've had a thousand over the last... Over the weekend. <laughs> over the yeah. weekend. You know, it's it's just a, a f- amazing time to be in. My highlight, though, of being in the rooms was seeing Nat Exxon, who was walking around with, you know, they all get fed at the end of the game. And she's like, and she said, this is the be- best bit. They feed us. It's mushroom risotto. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just played to a packed house in the first AFLW game. But this is the highlight. <laughs> You're a girl after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, that uh, brings us to the next game. Adelaide versus the GWS Giants. Adelaide got over the line fairly convincingly in the end. What did you make of that game, JC? That was a very entertaining game. Mm, um, was, wasn't it? You know, I obviously watched it from home and didn't make the trip. <laughs> yeah, look, that first goal from Kelly Gibson... Was w- amazing. Was amazing. What a... You know, that's just 
you watch it go highlight reel. Yeah. GWS, the scoreboard I felt was a bit unfair to them. I felt like they dominated possession in patches, especially at the beginning of some of the quarters. They just couldn't convert. Mm. And it really, I think we see this tail across the weekend. Like they didn't have any of their marquees. They didn't have the two marquees and yep. they didn't have a priority pick in Lou Stevenson. Yeah. They were pronouncing it Stephenson. Yeah, I always thought it was Stephenson. I think it's Stephenson. Mm. You can let, let us know. Like. Let us know if it, we're wrong. Yeah, so they're missing her. They're missing the two marquees, and and then you see what the other marquees are doing. Yeah, and in through all the games over the weekend, mm. um, you know what Carlton got out of their marquees kind yeah. of stood them apart. Yeah, so they are they just like that potency that would have come, or that skill level, the slickness, the 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 poise that comes from. What the marquees can bring, being more experienced and calming the team down, and yeah, so I kind of felt for the GWS team. It yeah. didn't seem a fair reflection of what mm. they're up to. What, what well, do you think? Yeah, it's a similar thing. I mean, because they were getting they were getting shots on goal. They just mm-hmm. actually literally w- weren't converting. Yeah, and again, shout out to another former guest. We've, we're we're going pretty well, our former guest, <laughs> yeah. but Phoebe McWilliams just in the history books kicking the first goal for GWS. That yeah. was, I was pretty wrapped for her. Yeah, and then she did a real cheeky little push on, was it Courtney Cravey? <laughs> Maybe another <laughs> former guest at the end and just laughed. God, it was beautiful. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people commenting on the joy on the women's faces yes. over, uh, as part of AFLW and that was particularly joyous, so <laughs> that look from Phoebe. It was lovely to see Perko, Sarah Perkins mm. get, you know, yeah. she got a great some great commentary um, throughout the call and then got a goal and was really a good focal point up there, set up a few other things. She's a smart footballer. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's going to be exciting. Yeah, and again, it makes you realise why one of the Melbourne teams didn't actually just take a punt on her and, mm. and, and keep her in the state. It's um, Good on her. She's yeah. got her chance and she's using it. Yeah, so. absolutely. And... Um, and Erin Phillips, she was she was fabulous. Yeah, she was very fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's you could tell it was her first game in ten yeah, years. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But she's just a she's just an elite athlete, and yeah. she she just adapted. Mm. And for someone who you know, there were a few little bits and pieces she did that looked a bit rusty, but she was all she got so much of the ball. Like yeah. you, mu- you, you understand the game if you're always in the right spot. Yeah, exactly. So that was great for her. There's lots of lovely pictures of her and her dad on the sidelines at the end of the game. So that's pretty special. That doesn't warm the cockles of your heart. You're dead inside. Yeah, and she's actually. I'm impressed that her head is actually still attached to (laughs) (laughs) shoulders in that old-fashioned coat hanger she got. Mm. Yeah, or that she hasn't died from leather poisoning. That too. Third game of the weekend. This is so good. Um, (laughs) Western Bulldogs v Fremantle out of Witten Oval. And that was another beautiful night for footy. What did you make of that? Oh, by then I was just delirious. (laughs) I was absolutely delirious. Well, honestly, and I might have said this to one of the people we interviewed in the rooms after the game, which probably wasn't the most polite thing to say. But I felt the first 10 minutes was really nervy. You know, maybe I need to watch it again to see. But just the skills, people were dropping marks and shanking kicks and coughing the ball up really quickly. Like, they just weren't settling yet. And I think almost they were at a disadvantage from having watched the previous game and how enormous it was. Like, imagine having seen that and your adrenaline from watching that and thinking about, oh, we're going to be doing this the next day and you've got 24 hours to sit on that. And think about it. And yeah. think about it. And then then you have to play like, yeah, I don't know if the, the adrenaline and your, exha- your exhaustion mm. from that. I I'm not sure. I'm adding my own two bits <laughs> to that. But, yeah, I felt like the first 10 minutes was – no, they weren't settling. Yeah. It, 
it was a pretty physical game. Mm. I think that might have had something to do with it. Yeah, from, true. From You're my right. from my opinion, but yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I think someone we spoke to, another person we spoke to after the after the game, also mentioned the physicality, and I think that was kind of a pattern mm. across all four games was just the physical aspect. But I think particularly in the second quarter, Frio got a bit of a run on, similar to GWS just couldn't convert but you know they just peppered the goals and then Bulldogs ended up taking it down the other end against the win captain Katie Brennan kicks Mm -hmm. a clutch goal going into half time and then after half time I kind of felt like they just controlled the game yeah they did and for those watching on tv maybe you didn't notice but it was really windy yeah um the wind was just coming towards the grandstand side kind of blowing across like almost into the pocket really yeah 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 so I'm not sure if that had a bit of an effect as well, that first goal for that first Bulldogs goal from Kirsten McLeod was pretty was just brilliant. Yeah, yeah, was so fun. Like when you just see these girls kick these goals and the joy and the celebration, like oh, I can't deal with it. Actually, there's a there's a great shot of her actually kicking the goal. It's like mm. a f- flying karate kick. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mid and like just joy on her face. Yeah, but who are your standout players? Um, well, I mean, interestingly, I think after halftime they moved. Aster O'Connor forward, mm. and I think that really straightened the doggies up. Yeah, and I think I think that was important. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say she was a key player, but I think mm. it just kind of stra- changed their structure and helped a lot. Katie Brennan worked her way into the game mm. beautifully. I think in the second half, Ellie Blackburn got going, and then mm. of course Emma Carney just had it on a string all night. Yeah. But you know, I think there was some some great efforts by Tiana Ertz. Yeah, in that tackle, that tackle. Bonkers. What yeah. rocks do those tackles? That's yeah. just outrageous. Yeah, she's really quick. Uh, Hannah Scott off half-back. You know, Hannah Scott was great off half-back. Watching it again, mm. um, there were heaps of times she got the ball and just looked so po- poised as yeah. she booted it back and out. And she's just a magnificent kick. Like, I just love watching her just launch launch them. But, yeah, I, I think it was it was a fairly even performance with a, with a few standouts. But just yeah. they just kind of worked them over, I think. It's kind of like Katie, just she just worked Antonio over mm. and got herself into the game. Like, she willed yeah. herself into the game. Yeah. Yeah, and good players do that. Mm. We found out today that there were two players who got suspended from that game. Yeah. And yeah. I don't recall seeing them, <laughs> the incidents. <laughs> well, I, I do remember the, the Antonio one. It was mm. kind of late in the game in the last quarter. But, yeah, I, I didn't even see the, the Kirsty Lamb incident. But, no. um, but again, I mean, that's an interesting point. Three players were up at the match review panel, offered a week. Mm. It's just with a short season, it's just not worth taking it to the tribunal yeah. and, w- and risking two. So they've all accepted their one much one match ban. Yeah, and look, it's God, it's a sign we're here now. It's it's real now. So it's a harsh reality that they're facing, um, and they've got to learn really quick. Yep. <laughs> which which Frio players do you, do you think um, played well? Look, Cara Donnell when she got the ball in her hands did some nice things. Kirby Bentley as well when she got the ball in her hands. Antonio certainly beat her opponent a few times. And then kind of, I guess, KB kind of overtook her a bit later in the game. I just felt like Frio couldn't get a good run at it. They were just getting really unsettled. And, and as you said, when they when they did get, get a shot on goal, they, they couldn't necessarily convert. I did think that some of the people that really stood out to me in um, that practice game, like um, Sharp, Kane... I didn't really notice them. So I think, you know, that maybe they had a bit of a quieter game. They couldn't work themselves in. They've got to deal with travelling over. Has that had an effect? I don't know. I'm just throwing things up. Yeah, I, I think there were a lot of players that were that are otherwise got a lot to give that were, were quiet. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting watching the uh, Channel 9 women's footy show on Sunday. Oh, Michelle yeah. Cowan was on. Uh, it was uh, 
great job, guys. Tiff and, and Roz, well done. It was, yeah, Michelle Cowan was on the show and, I mean, obviously she was pretty flat, but the, the main point she made was that that's not how we've been training. Mm. That's not how we play and we need everyone contributing and they didn't. So, yeah, yeah look out, Brisbane, <laughs> I think, on the weekend, on, yeah, on right. Sunday, I think um, Frio will be pretty hungry to bounce back at yeah. home. And I think that's going to be a cracker mm. because Brisbane, well, we're going to talk about them in a sec, but... They're coming off a win. They've got nothing to lose. Yep. Except the game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so after the game, we were fortunate to be in the rooms again, JC, and uh, we had a chat to Astor O'Connor. I know. She was very kind to give us some time. I thought she might have just said, piss off, girls. <laughs> too busy. I've got to do my recovery <laughs> and eat my spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we had a chat to her and also Hannah Scott, who, who we mentioned had a brilliant game off halfback and... Uh, yeah, I mean, you can you can tell how pumped they are. Have a listen. Uh, we're in the winning Western Bulldogs rooms with our co-host, Astor O'Connor. Hello, guys. How are you? <laughs> we're great. How was that? It was very lovely, yeah. Um, it felt uh, pretty surreal, to be honest. Um, at the end, the, the Bulldogs people, it was like, wow, this is like... This is happening and they just love it. So, yeah, you, you feel pretty good inside after something like that. So you've represented the doggies before in the exhibition series, but mm-hmm. how different was this? Um, it's always an honour to pull the jumper on. Um, I think this was different, though, because you know there's a next week and you know you're building into a season. Um, there's four points on the line and it's do or die. It's win or lose. So, And as a club, we've been building towards that for the last two or three months. So I was... Really proud of, of the way we handled their pressure in the second quarter. Uh, Frio came at us pretty hard um, and we held our nerve and got the result. And a nice little uh, captain's goal from Katie Brennan in that second quarter. Yeah, it doesn't hurt having Katie Brennan at centre-half forward. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice luxury, isn't it, to have her down there. So probably not helping her out when I go to kick it to her and, and put it out over the boundary on the full. Sorry, KB. But, yeah, it was good to be back out there personally after 18 months away from the game and um, yeah I remember how it feels to be hit too it was uh, I was like oh yep that's that's the one yeah we're back into it so no it was great. Um, it seemed that you were in the back line for the first part and then got put perhaps at a full forward position with KB up in front of you and it seemed to the Bulldogs just looked so dangerous when that was happening. Yeah um, well, Katie and I have played a lot of footy together um, throughout our youth and in our senior careers as well. So we know each other's games really well. So that that definitely um, that definitely helps. But we knew we could probably stretch Frio for height down there. And at one stage, Cara Dunellen was on a least gamble, and you know you've got at least 20 centimetres advantage. Um, and the direction was from our mids to just put it on our head, and it's pretty simple footy, isn't it? You get it in there quick, give your forwards a chance, and yeah, there was nothing fancy about it. It was just really good coaching from Paul Groves and the and the guys, and they saw an opportunity and we made the most of it. So, how nice did that goal feel? Whew, yeah, <laughs> I was actually lining up and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, geez, you're nervous, ass. Like, pull it together. You've done this before. Been out here, but like, you've been, you know, you've been around long enough. You should know that, it's, you know. But your legs are jelly and and it, that out on the fall didn't help. <laughs> no, I was thinking. Have I got the wrong boots on tonight? I, when I did kick it out in the full, one of the Frio, uh, lovely Frio supporters across the fence said, oh, great wheels you got on, mate. So, 
that's always good to get a bit of encouragement. But um, well, I was going to ask about the fluorescent orange boots. Are they Nikes or yeah, they're Nikes. My uh, my lovely sponsor Nike. I was really grateful to receive a round one gift to wish us well. So thank you, Nike. I thought about putting the sharpie, getting the you know hashtag O'Connor number four with my own pen, but no, no, none of that. But my mum's favourite colour is orange, so it was nice to to don the orange boots. She flew down uh, from Queensland. Her and my sister came, so big shout out to them. Thank you for your support, and uh, yeah, bring on the crows. Friday night footy. <laughs> well, we better let you get back to your family, who I'm sure are busting to see. Yeah, I can't wait to see them. Thanks, guys, and uh, how good's this AFL life going? Yes, you guys are strength to strength. You are taking off without Darcy and eyeing your way, bringing <laughs> you down. Darcy, Darcy who? <laughs> what? She's just a no-name. <laughs> she kicked four and they kicked one. What's going on? <laughs> She's setting me up. But, no, it was a great game last night. Uh, you two Carlton supporters would have been happy. It was, um, yeah. it was emotional, actually. I was, uh, yeah. Hold it together, Alison. Yeah, no, Bloody I'm, I'm hopeless. No. <laughs> it was a really nice night. I was walking in. I had goosebumps. I was like, wow. Yeah. Gee whiz. But it's here now. Yep. It's the norm. It's the norm. It's a new normal. Pretty cool, hey? Yeah, very, yeah. very cool. Thanks, Asta. Have a nice night. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're in the winning Western Bulldogs rooms with Hannah Scott. How are you feeling? Uh, that's just unreal. Um, you know, we had our, our game plan and I think that we all just stuck to our guns and I thought it was a really physical game. I'm a bit sore now, but um, yeah, just got to recover well and get up for next week. Now, you seem to weather the storm early from Frio and then kind of seemed like you got your game together in the second half is that is that how you felt yeah yeah I think it um you know the wind was definitely favoring one end and um when we were against it it was it was tough going but um I think it was definitely to our advantage even when they had the wind because it's it's a tough one to read and training here really helps us I think um but we definitely weathered the storm and um just just stuck to our guns and, and really just stuck to everything that we've been you know learning and the gameplay that we've worked on. Was there any emphasis put on the fact that I guess Frio is anticipated to be a really strong team and that this was going to be your first round, your first hit out with you know someone who I think people are predicting are going to be right up there? Um, I mean we've probably more just tried to focus on us and, and making sure that um, our game plan is really tight and um, that we're executing it and that we're all on the same page. Um, you know, it's it's hard. Every game is so important. So whether it was Freo or another side, it's, you know, we've only got seven and then a grand final. So you can't really afford to drop any. Um, otherwise, it puts a lot of pressure on you, especially early. So, yeah, I think we just we just know it's important no matter who, who we play. I just asked um, Asta before about, you know, you've represented the Doggies before, but now you're actually playing for Premiership points. How's it, how does that feel? Uh, I loved when I heard my name called out um, and then I got to come back here. It's, you know, it's a great feeling around the place and um, especially, you know, after what happened end of last year, um, it's just a buzz all the time. So it's, you know, I, I guess the word dream gets thrown around a lot, but... Um, I got told I couldn't play back when I was 12 and I didn't ever think that we'd be here. So it's a very special moment for us and all the, you know, the trailblazers out there, you know, we've got Hardy in here and, you know, she's around quite a bit and, 
you know, just ran up to her after the game and gave her a hug because we know how this feels for, you know, all of them. So we're just happy we can get a win on the board. That's brilliant. Thanks so much. No worries. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Again, I just I loved what Hannah Scott said, you know, it's that familiar story. She was told at 12 she couldn't play anymore and she just didn't expect yeah. to be where she is. I'm just so happy for them all. Yeah. That actually got repeated a lot through the commentary all through the um all through the weekend across all the games. It's and you could he kind of hear it in the male commentators this kind of exhilaration that mm, mm. you know p- women were finally getting this opportunity and I think it's that's how people are empathizing with this. You know, I think it's taken a lot of people by surprise how much of the community is behind it because that story, that common story of loving something and yep. then not being able to do it. It's home with lots of people mm. and it's not just footy, like lots of people have a story like that. Yeah. So but even yeah. even Erin Phillips, I mean she's gone on had this amazing basketball mm. career. She plays professionally in the US. She's won gold um champi- world championship medals. She's won a silver medal at the Olympics. She always just wanted to play footy. Mm. Like yeah. she, you know she was she felt unfulfilled and now she's getting to do it. Yeah. It's bonkers. Yeah. Like imagine how good she would have been if she played it the whole way through. All the way. Exactly. Um and it, I just think about what about the people who just never did it. Yeah, never, never gave it a shot. It. You mm. know, there are champion footballers just everywhere in our community that mm. didn't get a shot. <laughs> so I'm glad it's happening now. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the final match of the round, Sunday out at Casey Fields. Brisbane got over the top of Melbourne in horrendous conditions. I have to say it was like it was like the apocalypse. Julia, you were watching. I it was watching it at home. <laughs> I made an executive decision. It was a it was a I'd, good one. I've been looking at the bomb radar and mm. uh, maybe thought you'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I was a bit of a wimp and I did watch it from the media box. So mm. I um, felt sorry for everyone that that actually stayed though. A lot of people yeah. stayed to the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the conditions were appalling and um, obviously the lightning strikes and the players got sent from the field and um <laughs> spectators you know <laughs> yeah i know we don't evacuate we just evacuate the oval Players. but around the oval you keep holding your umbrellas yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure that's completely safe <laughs> i hope you're wearing rubber shoes yes um but i think for melbourne the conditions just really affected their game quite yep. dramatically and that first quarter they had a lot of the ball in their 50 meter arc when the weather was slightly Better than mm. it would become. But still a howling wind. Yeah. yeah. But they just couldn't convert. And yeah. um, when you watch the game back, it seems really wasteful. Like, don't you know it's going to get worse? Yeah. <laughs> Kick a goal. <laughs> um, but, yeah, th- yeah, that Melbourne just didn't seem to be settling. Even though they had a lot of the ball, it looked really messy. And we spoke in the last episode, I think, about how in the practice match they didn't have seem to have a forward line structure. And... Perhaps we thought at the time that they were rotating players around, but that did seem to uh, be highlighted in this game, especially when the conditions are so bad and really you're just punting it forward and hoping to get it into the hands of an assured forward in contrast to the two marquees of Brisbane. Yeah. Who provide that strong marking target, the big bodies as well, who can create a contest like that goal from Sabrina Frederick Traub, like she just yeah. bodied her way into doing and it. Yeah, it snapped it over her shoulder. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that really stood out that they if they've got those players, I don't know where they're hiding. Mm. Um we'll just put it out there that, you know, there are six Falcons at, at Melbourne and we 
have a relationship with the Falcons and those players. So we think you did a great job. <laughs> but I think they would have been disappointed with how it came out. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, when you when you have that much of the ball, you almost double the opposition's inside 50s and you lose the game. Mm. You'd be cracking You'd it. be absolutely spitting chips. And just the cohesiveness, I think. You know, we'd see them string two or three disposals together and then the fourth one would – the fourth mm. one where you get finally getting out of the contest would would fail. And I just kept seeing that heaps and heaps. And, like, Karen Paxman would, you know, be in the second handball and then she'd be running to get the fourth handball. You know, um, I felt like it was there was a disproportionate kind of expectation put on some players – and and again, like we were talking with Fremantle, perhaps not the full 22 carrying the weight. I think they would have been surprised. I don't know. Actually, I'm not going to say they, they would have been. I was surprised how good Brisbane were. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I was that surprised, actually. Mm. Yeah, I, I think they've got some solid players and, mm. and you can't ignore their forwards. But but even, you know, people like Kasler in the back line, I mean, they're really experienced players. But I think it was a scrap mm. and I think that suited the Lions, but they yep. again, they just seemed a little bit more assured going forward, but you tend to be when you've got two big targets, don't you? Yeah, and there were just some really nice bits of play and nice skills at work from them, even though even though the conditions were so bad. Mm. You know, Caitlin Ashmore did some nice things, Hildebrand, Wushner. But, and players like Emily Bates, Silky, they're... They're just they're just solid players. Yeah, yeah, and they just they really pressured Melbourne. You know, there were times when Melbourne just couldn't get it out of their backline and were scrambling to get it back. Yeah, good on Brisbane. They would, uh, you'd think that they would be stoked to get that win because their their first two rounds they're travelling away and they could you know w- might have thought unluckily that they'd be two and zip and they're not going to be. Mm. Um, and now they go to Fremantle. Yeah, well, I I had a chat to Leah Kasler after the game for for change her game and. They were pretty excited in the rooms, mm. but keeping a lid on it. But having back-to-back road trips, they mm. were just unfazed. They're just, yeah. they're just like you said, you know, they're just having a crack. So, do they? F- did they fly home? Do you know that night? I don't know if they flew home that night, but I'm pretty sure they were flying home and then they'll fly out to Perth and during the week. To Perth, that's you know, this is a whole different life for yeah. a lot of these girls. And that's that's a big road trip from Brisbane mm. to Perth. Like yeah. that's a that's one of the biggest. Might as well go to Hawaii. <laughs> Another thing with this game, there was a couple of little undisciplined acts that really, oh, yeah. really crushed Melbourne, it, and yeah. it was all—it was pretty much the the final margin. But those mm. those two fifty meter penalties that just kind of gifted the Lions um, their goals at, at crucial times too. Yeah. I mean, the Frederick Traub goal was was a heartbreaker, mm. you know, in that little uh, three minute window <laughs> yeah. after half time yeah. before they changed ends again. But but those um yeah those fifty meter penalties penalties were just killers weren't they? Mm. But yeah, I think yeah Melbourne. They, I mean, look, they're getting their hands on the footy. That's that's the first part, isn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah, and and just looking, you know, Case Baxman got I think twenty six or twenty five possessions. Daisy was not far behind. Like they are, they're getting the ball, but those two players who are very good users of the footy weren't getting the opportunity. There was too much pressure on them. You know, you could say the conditions played a part. Um, yeah, so they, they weren't able to put their weapons to use and Brisbane took advantage. Yep. In a bizarre thing, every single losing team only kicked a goal. I know, it was almost bland. It was bizarre. But um, Well, the thing is, that they didn't kick one goal zero. They had a lot of shots. Shots, yep. Um, but couldn't convert. So I think that might be something that's uh, focused on in training this week is yep. about, you know, they weren't all snaps. A lot of them were set shots. Yeah. So um, a bit more focus on, you know, even just having the routine. I felt like a few people were almost caught by surprise. They're when they, having a shot. They're having a shot. So, you know, that can be definitely improved. 
improved. But it's something that the naysayers of, of women's footy, mm. you know, really kind of cling to, the, that yep. it's low scoring. But watching the games live and even on TV mm. actually didn't matter at all. No. Because the games are so intense and physical. Yeah. Like, to me, it actually didn't matter that they were low scoring. No. And it's, um, yeah, I don't really know what to say to that. Like, mm. uh, I feel like the people that are saying that are used to watching AFL in 2016. And this is just a completely different beast. Um, Mm. You know, those people would have been watching their first women's football game. Women's football is quite different. You know, I don't... Have you ever been somewhere where you're, um, I don't know, you're watching your first, say, hockey game at the Olympics? you know, say watching an Olympic hockey game and you're sitting next to someone who really loves hockey and you kept asking all these really annoying questions like, why do they do this? Why do they do that? I don't understand why they do this. Why do they do that? And the person is getting really annoyed with you. That's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> that there are all these things that are unique to women's footy and they're, and they're being played out there, like the contested nature of it, like that there's less there, – there are free-flowing patches, but there's less of it in comparison to the men's game. Yeah. But I think also this – I mean, I've seen a bit of talk about how, oh, but, you know, when men's footy started – back in 18 whatever it mm. was low scoring as well and that's a very good point to make mm. you know it was a new game whatever but can we stop comparing women's footy to men's footy yeah like it is a different game because we're different yeah and let's just appreciate the difference yeah and i look the thing that stands out for me that's the main difference is that every single possession is hard fought yes is absolutely hard fought. So it means that those quarters where, you know, a team gets 11 goals don't quite happen. Now, which isn't to say it's never happened. I'm, I know Melbourne Uni, I know Diamond Creek, I know Darren have kicked points of 200, you know, uh, scores of 200 points, 300 points against lower sides. Yep. But that's not what we're here to see. And, yeah, look, uh, I don't know what to say about that. Like, the haters are going to hate. It's a different thing. It's not like they're not scoring anything. They are scoring. Mm. There's a lot more pressure on them. They're going to kick more points because there's a lot more pressure on them. They're doing this for the first time. You know, I think I think we're going to see um, less points being scored, that being equaled out, the goals to points ratio, as the yep. girls get more used to being of mm. playing mm. in this style, at this speed, in front of these crowds. They're yep. going to get better adjusted at that. Mm. And shut up. Mm. Yeah, but even <laughs> even Asta, you know, talking about how nervous she was in front of goal, and yeah. I know she had shanked one earlier, but she's a confident, yeah, pl- individual, mm. but a confident footballer, yeah, it, and it got to her. So yeah. I mean, that's saying something. Yeah, and I don't want to say it's all nerves because I think that gives the girls a disservice. But I don't know that I feel like most of the negativity, not just the how how many points are scored, but the negativity around it is from the old guard who were naysayers before and are naysayers after and Mm. nothing that would have happened on the weekend would have pleased them. And do you know what? Footy's moved on. Like those people are losing their grip on this sport and they're a bit angry about it. And they're not not pleased about it. You know, I saw Katie Brennan was on the project and they had a few quotes from people that had said negative things about the game before it had happened. And that no one was going to watch and it was going to be terrible. And those people were Steve Price and John Elliott. Now, if that is the type of people that are negative about it, well, good on ya. Like, you. Yeah, you're not going to win over Steve Price no, and, you're not gonna, and John and, Elliott. And, oh, yeah, you're not going to win over 
people, specifically men of that era and of that mindset. And do you know what? The AFL doesn't need them. No. You know, the crowds at these games that we went to are completely... Well, sorry, they're not completely new football crowds. There were certainly a lot of people that you can tell are football members and had their membership, you know, hats on and so on, and they're happy to to follow it. But there were people there that would never think of going to a football game, and this is something new and exciting that they want to be a part of, and they're there. And the Steve Price tickets can be moved on to these people. And dare I say... They felt included for the first time. Yeah, definitely. And just the little things about community footy that are back. You know, the players stood around at the end. They took photos. They autographed. They stayed for a long time. Mm. They, you know, really acknowledged the fans. Before the game, there was, you know, I just felt like there was was just more to it. There was more Mm. interaction. They Um, sell cans of beer. They sell cans (laughs) of beer. (laughs) Let's get back to the basics. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it it is a more community vibe. I think we spoke uh, in an episode of last year about how women's footy is more diverse and more inclusive and we hope that this is not going to get lost in the men's game and we saw a bit of that. Mm. We definitely saw a bit of that yeah. on the weekend. Yeah, Haters are going to hate and um, if you don't want to watch it, just change the channel. Like if I'm watching the telly and golf comes on, a sport I hate, I don't then go on to um, Adam Scott's Twitter or um, Herald Sun articles about golf and write really horrific, mean things about how terrible golf is. I just change the channel. (laughs) It's very easy, isn't it? It's very easy. So if you don't like it, you can do the same. People power. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they they just can't get their little tiny brains around the fact that this game, women's footy, actually isn't targeted to them no it's not so it doesn't matter if they're on board or not no but even the herald sun is starting to self-censor after the weekend which is amazing yeah yeah it is i think they can sense the tide is shifting Mm. and people are into it and i think also a lot of the crowd is quite forgiving of some of the things yeah um that are you know not as polished yet you know you hear people in the crowd saying oh they're doing pretty well considering you know it's their first time out in this environment that they're all part-time that they all have jobs that Mm. they've Mm. come from amateur leagues all this kind of stuff they're doing 100 times better than they should yeah um but can we compare it to men who have been given all the resources that they needed since they were very young and get to treat it as jobs where Mm. they're you know pay half a million dollars yeah, a year yeah. and can afford all the luxuries that that provides and pay for nannies to look after their kids, well, yeah. probs not. Yeah. Can I say something about part-time athletes, though? Yeah. Because, seriously, there is no such thing. No. You're not a part-time athlete. No. You might have part-time contact hours, yeah. like our women's players do, Yeah. but you are an athlete all the time. Yeah. So they're having to be an athlete all the time yeah. on top of their jobs. You, you, you can't cut corners. So that's that's my editorial. <laughs> so looking ahead to round two. Can you believe it? Can you believe we have seven more weeks of this? Oh, we can. But yeah, this is. Oh, I'm, I actually, I can't even so, speak. So round two, Friday night, Western Bulldogs v Adelaide Crows mm. at Witten Oval. Well, this has suddenly become a bit more interesting. I'm I'm sorry. I'm such a Victorian. I maybe hadn't rated Adelaide. What an idiot am I. <laughs> um, but watching that game, whoa, they can string it together. Yeah. So that's going to be a cracker of a game. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just can't really – you have to seriously pay respect to a team that's got Chelsea Randall in it. Chelsea Randall, Ebony Marinoff, she got a rising star. 
Nomination, um, yeah. Nomination. We've seen now uh, what Aaron Phillips can do. Kelly Gibson's all class. They got a lot of class in there. Courtney Cramey. So, yes, that's going to be interesting. The Bulldogs, what do you reckon about that game, Al? I think the competition is going to be a lot more even than mm, we yeah. first anticipated. Yep. But having said that, I think the doggies at home. Well, I, I think these home ground advantage things are going to really come into play. Particularly, like Hannah Scott was saying, um, you know, they train in that tricky wind and yeah. they, they really kind of used it to their advantage. Mm. Yeah. So on uh, Saturday, we've got Carlton v GWS mm. and Collingwood taking on Melbourne. Now, at the time of going to air or recording, th- the, the times and venues haven't been finalised, but there is talk that it, that it could be a double header at Icon Park. Um, that will suit me. Will suit me <laughs> down to a T. Thank you very much. Um, but I think it makes sense from a spectator point of view. What do you think they're going to do going forward with those Collingwood games? Uh, I hope they move them all. Mm. That's um, sorry, Collingwood. It's a beautiful training venue you've got, but it, yeah, I just think there's no infrastructure there. There's no yeah. seating. There was one toilet, I believe, when we were there for the practice game. There were were 30 people lining up for the one toilet. And I'm sure they would bring in toilets and seats and and things, but it's just like it's right on the road, Mm, you know. The crowd can't spill out anywhere. Yeah, the crowd would spill out onto Swan Street (laughs) or into the river and I just... (laughs) (laughs) We love footy, but do we love it that much? Do we love it that much? Yeah, um, I would like to see them both at Icon Park, but Carlton GWS... You would say on form that Carlton will probably get over the line there. Yeah. Pies Melbourne. Pies Melbourne becomes, oh. like I said earlier, becomes a really important game because you don't want to be – you lose the first two games. It's mm. very tough. I think the Pies. I really felt like last week we saw snippets of what they could do, but they were just getting beaten out of it by Carlton. Based on that, that's why I'm going for Collingwood. I feel like I don't have a sense yet of what Melbourne can do. Mm. But that those conditions, I you know, I don't know what their style is yet. And mm. that game didn't lend itself to showing me that. So that's why I'm going for Collingwood. And as I said before, the Mo the Mo decoy factor. They've got to use it. Yeah. Sorry Mo. Um, Then on Sunday over in the West, Frio take on Brizzy, and I think that's going to be one of the games of the round. Actually, I think it's just going to—they're just going to go hammer and tongs. Yeah, that's right. Unfortunately, you know, uh, Ebony Antonio defender's been not going to play that game because she's been rubbed out. That's a huge out for them, actually. You know, when you've got Taylor Harris and Sabrina Frederick Torb returning to her home state in the forward line of the opposition, so that could play a factor. Mm. That's going to be a cracker. I think I'm going to go Frio because I yeah. think they're going to be hurting yeah. from what just happened. Yeah. And they'll make up for the Antonio loss in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Any final thoughts, Al, since we've had a life-changing weekend? Final thoughts. Is this this has been the best time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, final thoughts. I'm just so happy mm. that we are here at this time witnessing this and that it's captured everyone's attention. They couldn't have planned it any better, but look out. Like This is going to just grow and grow, yeah. and it's going to have huge impact grassroots level as well, I think, Yeah. especially for, for little clubs like ours. I think it's it's just, it's just changed the game for yeah. women's sport. I concur with everything you're saying. I feel like if you, you know, I'm not the first to say this, but that Carlton-Collingwood game was really, if you build it, they will come. It had all the trappings of a football game. Um, the commentators were the real commentators. The camera work was the real camera work. And it was funny how you put all that around it and suddenly people take it seriously. Take it, yeah. it didn't take much. It took 100 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it didn't take much. I do think 
people are just in the wider world, Trump, Brexit, um, people are pretty disillusioned with where the world is and especially if, I guess, if you're a progressive in any sense. And this just seems like the complete antidote to that. Mm. You have a big corporate organisation in the AFL who didn't need to do this decide to do it and put all their strength behind it and plan it in a way that got people really excited about it and look what happened Mm. like people want to see it there's been so much talk negative crap over the last year about women and feminism and so on and it was like in one weekend it's been turned on its head it's been turned on its Mm. head and i just you know there were so many i talked about this before but there were just so many beautiful images that came out of the weekend that Mm. one of darcy just roaring after she kicked a goal there's one of ellie blackburn where she just looks like a machine after she's kicked a goal just you know screaming in joy there are so many of these images of these very fit athletic women doing what they love in this powerful way and though seeing those images as a young girl changes your life yeah sorry i'm putting that out there yeah and we've got seven more weeks of it it's just the beginning yeah i really like that it's kind of in this summer vibe uh, when people are kind of really starved of footy and they they just want to watch it and are so enthusiastic i think that's really worked in their favor what do you think that this means for women's sport in general in this country I think it's proven something. I think it's become a bit of a tipping point. Like in the past, there's been these kind of thing of, well, we can't put women's sport on TV because no one will watch it. But we haven't put it on TV, so Mm. no one has watched it. So we can't prove that anyone's going to watch it. And this kind of argument goes round and round. Oh, Mm. we can't pay them professionally because we're not going to get the money. But we can't do that until we do that. Mm. You know, it's this weird thing. And I feel like this is kind of providing the example of people have an appetite for it. Little girls want to watch it. Little boys want to watch it. Families want to watch it. Men want to watch it. Women want to watch it. Maybe not the old guard. The old guard don't want to watch it. Well, you don't need to get them involved. They're watching golf. Yeah. The old guard's doing one thing and the new guard's off having a lot more fun. Yep. So, yeah, I think, look, AFL's definitely the biggest sport in the country. Yeah. As an, you know, if we're looking at the country as a whole. So, yes, if it wasn't going to work here, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work mm. for the others. But I, I think it's prove something that will hopefully make it easier. You know, it's opened the door. And hopefully it's going to hold the door open for other sports and other female-driven you know, female driven sports. Mm. Well, we could actually talk about this for hours. I know, could. I know that I could. Can we just look at pictures? We can look at pictures. <laughs> look at pretty pictures. Um, it's just been sensational. Sensational yeah. weekend. Any extra special final thoughts? Extra special final thoughts. That's you putting the pressure on. I don't really have anything else to add. I'm just so stoked that we get to do this for the next seven weeks. Yeah. My last final thought mm. is I'm so glad that the whole country is seeing what a superstar Darcy is. Yeah, same. Our own Darcy Vessio. Yeah, this is our last Darcy Vessio. Yes. We're lending her to Carlton. Yes. <laughs> but she's a superstar on the field. But she's probably, if she's 100% a superstar on the field, she's 200% a superstar off the field. Off it, yeah. And um, even in the interviews, you do get a sense of how she's such a genuine person. She was interviewed before the Western Bulldogs game on the Sunday night and she answered a question about, I think, being a role model or something. And she answered it very genuinely. And you saw the look on Sam Lane's face. Mm. Like she couldn't believe that someone was being so honest and truthful. Yeah, you would. You just never get that though. Yeah, <laughs> you you can find that clip. I think it's on Seven AFL Twitter Sports something something. You'll find it. Yeah, so that's exciting. But yeah, on that note, we'll wrap it up and we'll see you next week yeah. on this AFL Life. See you guys.